Hey, hi, welcome to The Whole Podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm a pastor at Life Church in Green Bay, and you're joining us for, oh, I already said it, The Whole Podcast. The Whole Podcast. Joining me today, as always, is my friend Becky Alcantar. Say hi, Becky. Hi, my name is Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. I love that. And we have a guest today. Yes, we do. Super duper excited. My friend, Tiffany Howard. Say hi, Tiffany. Hello. I'm glad that you're here today. I bet a lot of people don't know who you are, though. So could you just tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Well, I am a business owner and CEO. What kind of, of business? It is a wellness business. Nice. Yes. For individuals who are wanting to experience emotional healing and physical healing. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. And do you do that like with Mr. Howard? No, Mr. Howard supports me. Nice. I love that. <laughs> I know sometimes like people do that kind of thing together. They're mm-hmm. like a team. So I'm sorry if that got awkward and like I dug up a bunch of stuff that we have to like journey through. <laughs> oh no, definitely not. Podcast. Okay. All right. So do you have, uh, do you have kids? I do. Okay. Yes. God, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say no. And then we'd have to journey through that too. Oh <laughs> gosh. <laughs> We've anyway, already done that. Tell me about your kids. Um, so we have three children and um, we have a 13 year old, 11 year old and a seven year old. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Hey, before we get into our topic today, because we're talking about perseverance, mm-hmm. um, can we just learn a little bit about your involvement with Journey to Homeless? Like, how were you first exposed uh, to Journey? Sure. Well, I kind of call myself a veteran because I was there since day one. Oh, back when it was... Balance, heart, and mind. Balance. Not bountiful harvest. <laughs> <laughs> Although it felt like that. Yeah. So balance, heart, and mind. That's So you came on board at that time. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. What made you want to take that in the first place? Because you're a homeless person or a wellness person to begin with? Yes. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Got it. So I was in a situation where I was working full time and traveling and uh, we were fostering an 11 year old and mm. a one year old gotcha. along with our two other kiddos that we had. And we were struggling as a family because I made the decision to allow our 11 year old we were fostering to live with another family because it just wasn't a good fit. Mm. So I felt disappointed in myself and I disappointed a child and I needed forgiveness mm. with within myself. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And then round two- Round two. <laughs> was for a whole different reason. Yeah. Um, well, I missed a few classes the first time around <laughs> because of traveling yeah. and I really just didn't make it a priority. So the second time around, I made it a priority and that's really when things started to, I I became more aware of my thoughts I see. and the feelings that were created by the thoughts and also my behaviors. So afterwards I graduated and I do that with air quotes, but Becky had asked me to just have coffee with her Mm. and meet. Mm-hmm. And she asked if I would like to facilitate a balanced heart and mind group. Mm-hmm. And I said, why not? Wow. Wow. So she was like an early adopter. Like if, if she made it through both in, in, in Bountiful Harvest and then became a, <laughs> you know, like a facilitator. A facilitator Bountiful, yeah. yeah. And so then she graduated as it evolved into Journey to Wholeness. And so, yeah, long time participant yeah. wow. um, as well as facilitator of the program. And so really, I know you said... Um, you're in the wellness uh, business now. And mm-hmm. when we started, where when I first met her, she was not. And so right. with this exposure and with this, I think, passion that you developed for helping people kind of work through their um, challenges, 
Uh, that was my chair. Sorry. <laughs> no one was injured in you guys, that before process. Before the show even started, we were talking, because we're doing this, normally we do this in the middle of the afternoon. We're doing this at night. I would imagine because of Tiffany's schedule, maybe. Is that what yeah, we're doing at night? Yeah. And so, but then we get Night Becky, apparently. And so, like, and Night Becky is off the chain, you guys. And so she's like jumping around on the chair over there, banging it and everything. I don't even know what's going to happen. So this is the right episode of the podcast. If this is your first no one, one, this one is was the injured. <laughs> so tell me this, uh, Tiff, if, can I call you Tiff? Is that okay? Sure. All right. Because Tiffany's a lot of syllables. Yeah. And, and Tiff is more personable. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, tell me like, so you said like you were kind of like halftime through the first Bountiful Harvest. And so the right. second one, you were a little bit more of it in a tender. I shouldn't keep saying that because people are going to be looking for <laughs> Bountiful Harvest. They're going to be really harvest. confused. Balanced Heart and Mind. Yes. So BHM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because again, that's a lot of words, Balanced Heart and Mind. We like using lots of Yeah. Words. Anyway. <laughs> so what happened after that second Balanced Heart and Mind that made you like, I think this is a thing. I think this program or this you know, structure, I think that this is a thing. Yeah. So... When you go through Balance Heart and Mind and Journey to Wholeness, you go in for one reason, but then come out with all these other reasons. And um, a pivotal moment for me in Journey to Wholeness was I, on October 18th, I was diagnosed with cancer. And that was when I was 32. I'm now 37, cancer-free. So amen to God. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And... Uh, so God, God sent an angel that morning, and I was planning my career as a sales director, and things changed. Uh, my angel was my friend, my mentor at the time, and you know, from going to from a thirty-two year old woman to a, a cancer patient, I went from living to surviving. Mm-hmm. So. I think that volunteering through Journey to Wholeness really helped that process yeah. and just had many, many breakthroughs throughout that journey. Yeah. I'm sorry you were about to say, but like I, I've never heard anyone talk about their uh, encounter with cancer in such a identity changing way, right? Mm-hmm. So like where I used to be this thing, now I'm just not just, but I'm a cancer survivor. Like my identity has changed. And so I feel like there's many of us that do that, that that's what finds us at the, on the front, at the front door of journey, right? Like there's this, mm-hmm. our identity has changed or we've never known our identity or like mm-hmm. we need to find our identity. For sure. And so that seems like a, that seems like a journey thing. Although there's just one other thing I want to ask, because this is the first time we've ever talked about doing journey in response to something mm-hmm. like I'm taking journey because of this. Yeah. Like we never, ever talked that way. Like about like, I've gone through this and now I need a journey. Yeah, there's Mm. often a symptom that Mm. catches our attention. Something pivotal, something life-changing, something that challenges us to think a different way or look at life a different way. And so we may be coming for that symptom and then realize, wait a second, this symptom occurred because of this root. And I didn't realize that root was there. And now Mm. I see how it's been influencing and affecting all parts of my life. And so I thought I was coming for this one thing, but now, like Tiffany said, there's five things that I see how that was impacted because of this root that I didn't even realize was there. And it's in moments of adversity, right? It's in moments when someone says, hey, it's this or that, right? And that might be cancer, but it, it might be something else for you that it makes you 
say, okay, what's priority? Like what's most important? And so in as much as those times are difficult for us, they're also a blessing in disguise. Uh, They let us look at and figure out, I think many of us have a hard time prioritizing what's Mm -hmm. more important than the other. And yet in times like that, in crisis times, it's very clear what is and what isn't and what we've been doing and carrying that we no longer are going to and what it is that we need to preserve and take forward. And so, like she said, when she was diagnosed with cancer, she was facilitating Mm -hmm. a journey to wholeness. Mm -hmm. And, and because of that, I think whenever we say the word perseverance, um, I think Tiffany, like I think that's synonymous with what I saw and how she rose to the occasion, partially because you had done the pre-work, mm-hmm. you had already started the work, but also because you just dug your heels into the content and and it really became like a scaffolding during that time for you, um, but also an inspiration for all the ladies that you were leading. Um, I will say this though, sometimes we were just talking about how sometimes our perseverance can go a little too far when we're like superstars with that. Oh, yeah. And uh, she literally came like the next week after her surgery to lead a f- and facilitate. And we're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, look at my skirt and like opened up her bandage and showed us her skirt and just kept going. And it was like, this is not going to define me. Right. I have done the work that I know what my identity is. And even though this wants to tell me that this is my new identity, you just didn't accept that. Right. Yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? So when you decided to, you know, seven days after your procedure, you decided I'm just going to do that. Was it something like you, you felt like I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to do it to show that I'm persevering. Persevering. Perseverant. Perseverant. Is that the word? Anyway. I like it. Or you're like, or were you like, why wouldn't I be here? Like, of course I'm going to be there. This is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what was the thought process there? Well, I think that uh, coaching people through their emotional journey is my calling. And I knew I needed to step up. I wanted to step up. And it also helped me to heal. I didn't want to sit there in suffering and allow my mind to go in a different direction that wouldn't serve me physically or emotionally. And so I, I rose to the occasion. I went and in fact, it was to a point where I couldn't even smile because the nerves were still not firing off yet. And I would put my hand on my mouth because I was so excited to be there, um, but I didn't want to show people that I couldn't smile. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's, so using that as a model, let's talk about perseverance for a second. Mm -hmm. So Usually when we talk about a subject, we'll start with a definition of the subject. So as far as you're concerned, Tiff, mm-hmm. uh, Tiff's got all her notes on her fancy phone thing. Like it's like a <laughs> leather wallet thing. And she's got these like perfectly manicured nails. You should actually just see this chick right now. She's something we'll else. We'll post a photo. Yeah, we, will. we should take a picture of that ring too because I can't even look at her in the face. because She's it's, got a new ring from her husband and it's like reflecting in my eyes. I'm blinded. By the diamond. Uh, anyway, let's talk about what perseverance means. Yeah, so I did a little homework and it says continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. And I added a little something here in the book of Romans. It says suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Dang. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the journey. I mean, it's like I'm I'm facing suffering here, so I'm going to persevere. And knowing what I know, knowing the work I've done, knowing what encourages me, and knowing how human I am, that if I don't pursue this, if I don't engage in what I know I need to do to uphold me, to continue on, that I am susceptible to falling to thoughts and behaviors and emotions that have overtaken me in the past. And Mm -hmm. so it's an awareness of who I am and what I can do and what I can't do, right? And where I need support. And and that's what I love about Journey. I think in that time frame is really where we were forming really our our program identity. We were, yeah. And who we were and what it was that we were and what we were not. And Mm -hmm. what we all agree on is that we lead it because we need it, Mm -hmm. right? The, The principles that we teach are applicable and practical and that, and that we continue to use them because we're human, that we have faults, that we have fatigue, that we have um, challenges that we have to confront, that if we're not persistent, mm-hmm. if we don't persevere, that we can easily fall into the old lanes that we used to travel in. So right. I feel like in our pre-show, we were talking about a couple other things. We were talking about a friend of ours, Lori Serrato, that also does coaching with kids about resiliency. So resiliency, perseverance, you just used another word, but because I started speaking, I forgot the word that you just used. And so, but when we think about all those things about keep on keeping on, right? About like pushing through, mm. like what are, what are some of the reasons why we would give up? Like, why are we, why are we give uppers? Mm-hmm. Why, why do we want to quit? Why is our first reaction to quit? Well, one, in a crisis situation, you're fatigued. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're under an onslaught, right? So physically you're fatigued and right. You had medication running through your veins that you didn't normally have. Um, mentally, you're fatigued because you're fighting the battle of not falling to the fear and anxiety right. and the doubts um, that want to invade your thoughts, right? Your brain is going, whoa, something major happened here. Should we be worried? Should we be fearful? Should we run? Should we right? Should we fight? Like, what is it that we need to do? And so that is is taxing. And then emotionally, like, there are things that you have to work through right now. Uh, your kids, I'm sure, were looking at you in a different way. Your husband was having to deal with things differently. Um, I'm sure that changed the finances mm-hmm. and the work uh, balance. And so emotionally, so so you're just, it's just an onslaught from every direction. Fatigue will wear you down. Right. And that's why it's so important to have a group around you, right? That you can talk about these things, that you can be reminded of these things, have a support system around you. So whether that's a spouse or a friend or a journey to wholeness, group. It was just very timely that we were running one right when that happened for you. Um, it's important to know that, hey, your fatigue is real, right? There's no shame about it. You don't have to feel guilty about it. It's not that you're not strong enough. It's just that there's a point where our reserves get run down. And in crisis moments like that, they get run down. And so if you're feeling like, gosh, I don't have very good perseverance. Well, how many times have you had a crisis situation? Right. I hope you haven't had multiple, right? And if you Amen. haven't had multiple, then you haven't built up a resilience yet to persevere, right? And so there's there's nothing wrong with that, right? You you can't go, oh gosh, like look at Tiffany. She just pressed on and went there seven days later. There were things in your life that had built up your resiliency and built up your perseverance right. on the way to that, that situation. Right, and you know, it's... We, we don't want to look at perseverance as being boastful either. It's not something that we take pride in. There is rest in perseverance mm-hmm. and you need to rest well. Mm-hmm. So when 
I came back after a week, you better believe I was resting the other six days. Yeah. I wasn't doing anything. So. Mm. So, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but the opposite of perseverance isn't fatigue. Mm -hmm. The opposite of perseverance is quitting. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of the other things that we talk about here, we talk about how, uh, like, the, our, our, our natural mm -hmm. reactions or you know, like circuitry, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like this is, well, we do this because as people, so we we always go back and look at caveman us. Mm -hmm. And so if I think mm -hmm. about caveman us, like caveman us had to persevere, right? Like they, mm -hmm. I mean, they had to because quitting was death. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So I, I guess if we're having trouble persevering, maybe we, again, it goes back to that uh, reserve that we have. Mm -hmm. So when we are able to push through, it's because we have this what, spike in cortisol, right? We have this um, internal hormonal uh, reaction. Uh, we have a digestive reaction to mm -hmm. give us everything we need to push forward. And if we're struggling in that, in this case, sometimes it is just like a reserve issue. Hey, this has been going on for a long time and I've come to the point where rest is essential. There's nothing else I can do but rest. And But that's when we're feeling like, we're invited to quit, right? We're invited to like just give it up already, just let right. it all go. The other thing though is what is our ability to have self-control and to self-regulate? So um, how am I assessing? Am I self-aware enough to understand this is what I have built up and this is where I have a weakness, right? And this is what I haven't had experience in before and I need some additional help. And so some of this in terms of perseverance is more of a, a awareness, but also um, the ability to regulate those things. Okay, I know that I need to rest the six days right. if I'm going to be there the one day. Or am I just being... Um, scattered in that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push through no matter what. And now I'm draining my reserves even more. Right. So there's only so much cortisol you have to get through those moments, but now it's been used. And now your body is telling you, Hey, you need to rest. Um, do you need to quit? That's a different question right mm -hmm. now. If we go too far, so we were saying we need to be wise in terms of how far we go in our perseverance because I don't want to drain myself and leave myself at a disadvantage because what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that I run down those doors and I go into a depressive state, right? Mm -hmm. If I need rest, my body's going to go decompress, depress. You're hurting us physically here, like our being, and we need to pull you back. And if you keep trying to push and you keep pushing yourself into that direction, mm -hmm. you're going to be in a constant state of depression and then you're going to want to quit, right? So right. again, it's this regulation. It's what do I have in my storehouse? What work have I done to prepare myself for these situations and then how do I regulate that mm -hmm. and if I'm not good at that who can I recruit to help me to regulate that in this time because being sick having cancer you're going to be at a, a deficit right right and prior to cancer I was that individual where the cortisol I ran it out and I literally looked at my health records and I looked at it as I was giving birth. I would get sick every nine months. And that's what my body was doing. I was giving birth to stress every nine months. So mm -hmm. I had surgery prior to cancer. I had other things going on prior to cancer. My body warned me. I refused to listen. Mm -hmm. And then that's when God said, all right, you know, your body is, is failing you. Mm -hmm. And 
not that God gave me cancer. That's not it. I chose not to listen mm-hmm. to my body, all the warning signs. Mm-hmm. And honestly, after cancer, I'm, I'm not saying I would do it again, but I learned a lot mm-hmm. and I'm so appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. I think about people who might be listening, who feel like quitting. So this idea of perseverance is foreign to them. Like mm-hmm. they've just been, feel like they've been beat to crap, that life just keeps beating them over the head. They're just ready to quit. Quit on life, quit on their jobs, quit on their relationships, quit on themselves, quit on their dreams. You know, I feel like those things, like it's a little bit personal for me mm-hmm. because I, <clears throat> I'm, even going back to my kid, like, I've made him not resilient by being there, like, within arm's reach all the time. And so that was fine when he's six, right? It's mm-hmm. different that he's 12, you know, and feels like he can't function, you know, on his own. He doesn't have resiliency. He doesn't have perseverance. He's, if it goes south, he's, I'm done. I'm done, you know? And I feel like not just me as a dad, but I feel like a lot of us. Like when we're, when we get frustrated, when we come up against it, we'll say, I'm done. Yep. I don't feel like coming up against this difficulty or trying to get over this obstacle. I'll just quit. And so when I think about people who are listening that are, I don't want to say that they're quitters, but if that's their first inclination, like how do they get over that? I'm sure there's people listening who are, who would consider themselves quitters. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, you're sitting here, like I beat the crap out of cancer and I'm going to come back from that. And so, but like, like, where does that, where do the, where does the guts for that come from? Like, how, how can we, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. I had never been in the word more than I ever had been in that moment. And I had thoughts of, I mean, this is very personal, but I had thoughts of looking for another wife for my husband because I did think that I was going to die. And uh, I was looking for a mom for my kids. And because of the tools that I've had prior to cancer, I I knew that I was listening to the wrong voice. And so like Becky was saying, having the awareness of whose voice are you listening to? And then I had to remember whose I really am. Right. I'm not the enemies. Right. Yeah. It's a matter of how you decided to, what you decided to put your hope in. Right. Right. And so you could put your hope or rest your thoughts and the direction of your thoughts in what the physician said, the doctor said. Right. And he's very knowledgeable mm-hmm. and they can help you so far. Right. But they also have to tell you, well, here are the risks and the complications, right? And I can I can focus on that or I can go, okay, so you are also human. And the scripture says, you know, don't rely on human flesh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rely on your expertise. But when it comes to life, when it comes to how I'm going to approach this, I have to look at what God says about it, right? That is my anchor. That is my um, correcting bar that I need to align myself with. Because if I look through the eyes 
of other cancer survivors. I'm going to focus on the hardships and the difficulties, right? That's what we tend to share with each other. Mm -hmm. Or I can focus on, okay, what does God say about these things? What does he say I should pursue? And what does he say that I should do? And so I think we have to like look at the two terms we've been using. One is resilience, um, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. Okay, so the capacity to recover. So how do I develop capacity? I have to put it into practice, right? Mm -hmm. I have to stretch that muscle. Uh, another uh, definition is the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, right? So what is the elasticity? Like what is the stretchiness of my ability to like pull back from uh, a disappointment or discouragement or something really scary that I'm confronted with um, versus when we talk about perseverance, it's that moment that you decide, but I'm going to choose this way. Right. This is this slide. I talk about this in journey a lot. I can take the slide down to the thoughts that want to take me into the pit of despair, or I can choose to go this way, which is climbing the steps. I know it's difficult. I know it's not easy. I've never experienced this before. So it's a challenge, right? It's, it's making me work muscles that I didn't even know I had. And I only do that by going to the one who's a true source, who has all of the answers for me. I'm not going to find that within myself. I'm not going to suddenly just stir up something that I've never worked on or cultivated or grown or given life to. But I can recognize that this is a great opportunity for me to develop some big muscles here that will help me to overcome anything else that comes my way going forward. So for your son... How can we build up that muscle for him? That's what we're talking about in perseverance, that what direction am I going to choose? That's number one. And all of us have been in a moment, a lot of us have been in a moment where we've just been like, I'm done, right? I'm in a pool of despair and God, like, where are you in this? And I don't know what to do. And, and at some point, at some point, I, I love the book of Job. At some point we have to be like Job and go, but I know who he is. I know his intentions for me. I know his word says that he has life for me and he has healing for me and that he made me in a way that I can heal and that I can overcome these things, that I can persevere. I'm going to choose to focus on that. And when I choose to focus on that, I start to build up the muscle, the resilience, um, the grit is um, one yes. of the famous words, right, for that, uh, to overcome any distraction or difficulty or obstacle or, or discouragement that comes my way. When is the point that you go, despite the circumstances, I'm determined, I am motivated, I am going to, where is the point where you go, I choose this instead. I can choose to go down the slide and live there, live in the muck of it until your fingers get all pruny. It doesn't feel good. Or I can choose in this, because either way you're going through it, right? You're in the midst of it. You still had to go through um, all of the treatments and you still had to go through the uncertainty. I can choose to go through it at the lowest of low, or I can choose to go through it with my eyes fixed on hope. And, and it's our choice always. Regardless, we're going to go through the hardship of it. We're going to go through the pain of it. We're going to go through the uncertainty of it. But what is it that I want in my pocket? What is it that I want to pull out when when I have to face my day? What is it that's going to get me through my day? Is it falling in a pit of despair and hiding out? Or is it going to be grabbing onto the hope and calling God out on every single one of the things that we see in his word? Right. And thinking about what you're thinking about, 
that that can bring awareness too. Mm-hmm. Right, because what we focus on will determine whether or not we actually respond to the treatments that we're getting, right? So science right. Uh, and studies show us that uh, there were burn victims who, when they were in a negative state, the the skin grafts didn't take and they didn't heal from. They didn't get to receive that healing that, not, again, there's this combination of science and then this combination of how God created us to heal. And so uh, for those people, they didn't actually receive the skin grafts. They received them, but they didn't take. For those who were focused and were hopeful and had chosen a pathway in their mind that they were going to be resilient and persevere through this, they actually received the healing. They actually saw positive results in those individuals. So, so important to know where our mind is set. Going back to my kid. So, you know, COVID's been difficult for school. He's, you know, this would be his first year in middle school, you know, spent most of the year not even having stepped foot in the school. And so there's a lot, there's a lot there. And so it's hard for every kid in, in some way, you know, whether it's extroverted kids or introverted kids, whether it's popular kids or not popular kids, every kid's got something to struggle with here. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, um, he was really stressed out on Monday, convinced that there's no way he could go to school. And so we started working through it and he kept coming up with new reasons why he couldn't do it, you know, and they, and it, you know, first it was, um, he thought everyone would be looking at him because he hurt his foot at his horse lesson and thought everyone would look at him because he's limping. And then he thought everyone would look at him because of some other reason. And then he didn't like lunchtime because none of his friends are there. But then he didn't like lunchtime because um, they, there was too many other people. And then it was because of gym class and he thought they might have to go swimming and he didn't want to go swimming. And then like it was just like one thing after another. And I feel like, even though he's 12, there's some of us that are still 12 when we look at the things that are what we're supposed to be coming up against and we'll just keep we'll just keep coming up with reasons why we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to do it because of this. Well, here's the answer to that. Well, okay, well, then it's this other thing. Well, here's the answer to that. Nope, and then it's this other thing, mm-hmm. right? So we just, we keep coming up with excuses and I feel like, for me, if you're a person of faith, that's where the devil lies to me mm-hmm. and helping me come up with reasons why I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the devil is a, the prince of not perseverance, mm-hmm. <laughs> anti-perseverance, right. right? Like it just, he wants us to quit. Yep, for sure. And so like, if we quit, we're not in the game. And if we're not in the game, we can't make a difference. Right. And so he hates that we're in the game. Mm-hmm. And so like it, so when we sit in this place that you were talking about, Tiff, where like, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you sit in this place where like, I, I don't know if I can, or I don't know if I should, or I don't know if I, you know, the longer we're in that, I mean, he loves that. Mm-hmm. but there's no fulfillment there. There's no joy there. And mm-hmm. so when you talk about the pit of despair or the pool of despair, you had like mixed, me- mixed metaphors there. Okay. You like both pit and pool. Because <laughs> you say pit of despair, that reminds me of the Princess Bride when Wesley gets taken inside that tree and they torture him and they take like lives, years of life from him. Do you remember that? And it's like, you're in the pit of despair. <clears throat> you're in the pit of despair, he says. Yeah. It's a really funny scene. Anyway, I wasn't referencing that pit, but okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so but I feel like the opposite of despair is joy, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and God tells us that it came that you might have a life that's full of joy. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're a person of faith, being in this quitting place is the opposite of what God wants. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I guess you can pray all you want. I mean, mm-hmm. for you, like, like you said, God didn't send you cancer, right. but He leveraged cancer. Mm-hmm you know, to your benefit. And so, I mean, is that really what you want to be praying for? Like, I'm just going to keep quitting. I hope God <laughs> comes and saves me. And like, like, I mean, don't bang that your prayer. Right. right. 
I, I think the question is, how do we develop perseverance? How do we build up that muscle without generating crisis? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I, I, I think it's important to say that when you don't have perseverance, you're going to have a series of crises. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any resiliency at all uh, to face, work through uh, just the everyday challenges. Of, right. Of right. Because life. if you just, if you just keep looking for crises, mm-hmm. crises are going to keep showing up. But we mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. If that's your frame of mind, if that's your perspective, if those are the glasses that you have on, I'm looking for the next crisis, it. you're going to find the next crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't, if it doesn't find it, your, your head's going to create it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to imagine it and then it's going to be real. That's right. Or so, or even if there's something small, you're going to make it a bigger deal. Like you see those people on your Facebook page. Like you right. see those people that are always like, up against it. You're like, oh my gosh, woman, could you just, mm-hmm. or oh my gosh, dude, could you, mm-hmm. can't you just see? But that's what we do. But the, the hope works the same way. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for hope, you're always going to find hope. That's right. You know? And so now, some people without faith might have to work that out on their own. I couldn't. I couldn't have never. No, right? I, I needed I. to find that hope in God and that God shared it with me. And then the Holy Spirit comes along and reminds me every day of where to find it. Yeah. But like, so I feel like, Hope is the anti-quit, right? Yeah, for sure. It's your perspective, right? Hope is like the energy behind resilience or what was our real word? What were we talking about today? Perseverance. Perseverance. <laughs> did I say resilience or perseverance? I, I think like, we did at the same time. Yeah, We're yeah. using yeah. it interchangeably okay. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I feel, like, I feel like hope is the energy behind it. Yeah, the it's catalyst like, right. for sure. Yeah. Right, because it's the choice that we have to make, right? I can choose despair or I can choose hope. And I think that's that's it in perseverance. Which one am I choosing? And once I do, then that's the direction I'm going to go in, right? Because whatever we put our mind to, that's what we're going to do. Our thoughts determine our behaviors and our actions. And so if we're setting our mind in a certain direction, we're focusing our attention there, we're giving our energy Mm -hmm. to that direction, that is what's going to flourish. Do you want that to be despair right? Uh, or do you want that to be hope? And so even, I think sometimes we worry about like, oh, I'm being nonsensical. I'm being silly. I'm being like unrealistic. Right. But gosh, like when you're facing a life and death situation, right? where do you want to put all your marbles? Like I want to put it in the one that like gives me the great result. Right. And so it really is, I don't think we think of it in day-to-day terms in that manner because we're not always talking about cancer. We're talking about the smaller issues Although they can still feel as overwhelming day to day. Uh, and we think, well, you know, I, I don't need to make this big philosophical or spiritual decision for every single thing in my life. Except you do. Because if you're not, you're not building up perseverance in your life. Right. And so when you're faced with something really challenging, you're not going to have anything in your reservoir to help you get through that. Tiff, you're a wellness person. Yes. Both emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. So... They say that, this is what I've heard. Obviously, I've never listened to people that say that, but you need to be fit, do fitnessy things like mm. for 21 days and then it becomes a habit. And so I just, I've never ever gotten to 21 days. So <laughs> before, before I quit. So, but I, but I feel like it can be a habit. This idea of hope and perseverance can be a habit, can just be like your natural way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you can rewire your head. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if it's by default, but we can have allowed ourselves, like when I think about my kid, he's allowed himself to think that mm-hmm. if he comes up against it, the only option is to quit. 
That's how he's wired. That's been his habit to just quit, to not persevere. Right. And then those 21 days or whatever it takes to, I don't know, ride your Peloton every day, don't get into it. So, but like whatever that takes, you know, that's a, that's a rewiring where now it's like the most natural thing in the world. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like while I've not done it on my Peloton, I have done it, you know, in perseverance. Like it's just my, my the default now, mm-hmm. of course I'm going to get through this. This mm-hmm. is going to suck, but of course I'm going to get through it. Mm-hmm. The idea of quitting never comes up in my head. And so that's that's the part, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like that's what we need to grow in people. Yeah. This confidence that they can overcome it. For sure. Over the past year, I had lots of conversations like that with my own kids. And it had to, we had to start with reframing, right? Instead of going, everything's an obstacle. I'm like, okay, next time you feel there's an obstacle, let's, let's, Introduce this thought. Where's the opportunity? Mm-hmm. What's good? Right. And every time they brought it up, I brought that, introduced that to them so that now their brain had another option, right? Instead of what it always went to, it goes, oh, wait, but your mom said the other day, uh, opportunity. Is that an opportunity or an obstacle? And just introducing a new thought to yourself, saying it out loud, someone saying it out loud to you who has authority in your life that you trust, um, makes your brain go, okay, let me store this. And then I will measure it. I will weigh it against the next time this thought comes up and give it to you as an option because you, as the authority of your brain and your body, uh, introduced it to me. And so now your brain is trying to figure out, well, how does this fit into all of the puzzle pieces, right? Because, you know, for a long, long time, we just went straight to obstacle. So wait, opportunity? So the next time you have that thought, it'll be a faint. It'll be a faint glimmer, right? It'll be a whisper, but it'll go opportunity. And you have that opportunity mm-hmm. to choose a different direction at the time. Maybe you don't the first time. Maybe the first time you're like, oh yeah, I guess I could. We did talk about that. And now your brain starts working through it, right? It starts working through like, is this something we want to do? So we just had to reframe things uh, initially, Help someone, so when we're helping our kids, help them to turn their the direction, change their posture over to facing a different direction. Okay, everything's an obstacle in my life. Well, is it an obstacle or an opportunity? Right. What's good? That's a little bit different than the first thing, right? And then um, we need to help them focus their attention, right? Because the thing of least resistance, the slide is a lot easier to go down if I've always gone down the slide. We don't do it consciously. It's subconscious, right? I didn't think about going that way. My thoughts just naturally went that way because that's the direction I've allowed it to go before. So we really do have to insert ourselves and interrupt that process and focus our attention to what are our thoughts telling us. So if you're faced with something really difficult right now, write down the thoughts that you're having. You mentioned that in your process that you started noticing the thoughts that you were having. Definitely. I still have the journal that I was, that I was writing into. And you know, that the thing is, is that you have to have you have to create, you get to create the awareness. There you go. There's another reframe right there is you get to reframe your thinking. You get to, and you don't need to, but you get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you were talking about our kids and like how you need to, you know, is this really an obstacle or is it an opportunity? Which sounds like one of those motivational posters like with an <laughs> eagle on it. And so like, I'm, I'm like resistant to that at first. Like yeah. that's like, oh, shut up. Right? <laughs> Obstacles versus opportunity, gross. So, but I feel like that's an important thing. And it's easy for us to impart that in our kids because we can, but like, I feel like there's, there's grown people that don't have people around them to help Mm -hmm. them in this direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're still surrounded. Like if they're trying to come out of that, they're trying to come out of a life that's always a failure, a life that we're always quitting, a life that's full of obstacles, right? As you're trying, if you're trying to come out of that, 
Well, if you've started there, you've probably surrounded yourself with other quitters, with other, mm-hmm. you know, non-resilient, non non persevering persevering people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Birds of a feather flock right, together. Right, yeah. For sure. And so like you can't stay with those people and think that you're gonna that you're gonna arise, you know, mm-hmm. from those birds like a phoenix, mm-hmm. right? Like there's just no way. <laughs> You know, you're going to stay with your birds of a feather. Right, right. And so you need to surround yourself with people who can speak positivity in your life or who can encourage you or cheer you, you know, into a better place. And mm-hmm. of course, it's easier if you surround yourself, we think, with Jesus people. Mm-hmm. But even if you could just find, you know, positive, not Jesus people, just mm-hmm. you got to you got to clean off what you've got. That's right. part of this reframing that you're talking about mm-hmm. is you have to reframe your your circle. Because yeah. if you're you're not going to get anything different if people yeah. are just going to because they want to be down there with you they don't feel like doing the work they they don't want to walk up the stairs they want to slide down the slide into the mm-hmm. pool of despair yeah right? <laughs> and I say how's that working out for you yeah it's not exactly. are you miserable right. are you frustrated are you disappointed are you done with life right so then you get together and now we're just disappointed together right, right. so let's burn a blunt and <laughs> forget about it for a second or <laughs> right. we're gonna have yeah. a pity party right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, or right, you can numb yourself to the experience, right. but you're numbing yourself from so much good. You're giving up on the hope for or access to like all oh, the good that yeah. you can have when you numb yourself. And so, you know, there, I think when it comes to perseverance, it, it literally is a choice. And if you're miserable, if you're miserable, you have to at some point try to be that phoenix, right? I need to do something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so um, you've been doing really good at that. You've been persevering in that arena. So you have the capability to actually persevere in anything you put your mind to because you have been persevering in in your despair, in in your disgruntledness, in your disappointment, um, in your depression. Um, So you have the wherewithal. You have been through enough hard things that I know that you have within you everything you need to overcome and change the trajectory of how you've been uh, heading or pointing toward in your life. That I know 100%. Uh, The question is, what are you going to choose? And sometimes we avoid because there's going to be um, the discomfort of making a change, Mm -hmm. right? But you have to at some point weigh out the cost. Like I always jump to, Okay, imagine you're 70 years old and you're looking back at your life and you had this pivot point today as you're listening to this whole podcast that someone said, I can choose hope instead of choosing the pit that I've been living in. Would I regret not going, let me look up this program. Let me look up a friend to actually try this thing. I can try it and go, yep, it didn't work, but I'm I'm pretty certain <laughs> that it does. Yeah. This reminds me, me I don't mean to turn every topic that we talk about into a Pixar movie, but because my life is Pixar, <laughs> like it reminds me of a bug's life, right? And I was reminded just because of something you said first, because Phil Stiller plays like the, or voices like the queen and mm. that's going to mm-hmm. retire and turn oh, it over yeah. to her daughter, yeah. who's the girl from Seinfeld and voice, Veep, what was her name? Julia Ruiz Dreyfus. Yes. Anyway. And so, but she says, hey, this is our lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's our life, right? She says that. And sometimes we like just resign ourselves to Mm -hmm. continue to fail or continue to quit or to continue, Mm -hmm. you know, to just, I don't know, give up. And that's, 
And I, that's why, I, but then I think more about that movie, right? Where Flick was like, hey, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. Like, right. we, don't have to do that. we can just fight back. We mm -hmm. can persevere. Right. Oh, we've never fought back. It's not something we do. We just, we just do what the grasshoppers come and tell us to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I love that message that we can persevere. We don't have to keep doing things in the same framework that we've always done it just because we've always done it. Right. Exactly. Like if you're tired of being stepped on, just what makes that little old ant think he can move <laughs> that rubber? You guys don't know what I'm talking I know about? this song, but yeah, wow, I, I don't know I, all the words know, like yeah. that. Like, keep going. He's got high hopes. <laughs> He's got high hopes. He's Where's got, the record deal at, anyway, everybody? <laughs> Ellis Fitzgerald sings that song, and it's amazing mm -hmm. on the Harold Arlen collection. And it's a really good jazz album from Verve Records. You can get it at your local record store. Anyway. <laughs> But I just when I think about those ants, I think about that. Like when, it, like the ants in the bug's life are perseverers. They're yeah. resilient. Right. Like they weren't always, but mm -hmm. they like changed their model. Yeah. And, and think about what they did. They had focused attention and energy. They kept at it. They did the little things every day, day in and day out. They yep. were building up that resilience. Um, they were setting goals. They were looking at what little goals can I set on a daily basis that is going to make us end up with this huge pile, right? Right before winter, they had this huge pile of things that they had built up and it didn't seem like much. They're little ants. They're only carrying little pieces. And yet those uh, incrementally built up, um, but because they were continuous about them. Um, and then they were, you know, they had to learn something new, right? They had to pursue new challenges. Okay, we have to do this differently now because we have this new challenge. These big hornet things are coming right. after us. So, oh my gosh, we have to learn something new. And then like, let's practice that. Let's, let's give it a try. And all those things combined is what created the resiliency and help them to persevere. And he was surrounded by like naysayers, right? All the old guys. Mm -hmm. Nah, this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. Flick's insane. Let's kick them mm -hmm. out. Let's send them to this playing. Rah, rah, right. rah. And they weighed and the cost, right. just like yes. we're talking about. Yeah. They were like, okay, well, we could not do that. And so we're not going to make it through the winter or we could do these things and maybe it'll work out. I'd rather live in the maybe it'll work out if I try these things. If I look to hope, if I, if I, if I risk being a fool for hope, let me do that because- Either way, I'm going through it, mm -hmm. but the outcome and the return seems to be a lot better mm -hmm. on this side. So let me weigh the cost. If I'm looking at that, mm, the return, even if it's a fraction of a half an inch, a centimeter more than what I would get in despair, I'm going to try that yeah. because that's going to build up and I can put that in my reserve. And maybe the next time it'll be a little easier and I'll build a little more and a little more till you get to the point. And I think we both agree on this. We both had some physical challenges, mm -hmm. um, emotional challenges, yeah. financial challenges that now I sit on the edge of my seat when we have catas apparent catastrophe approaching. We're like, okay, God, don't know how this is going to work out, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I know you're going to do something. Right. And I know that I have been through things before that I didn't think I could get through, but I did. Mm -hmm. And you were with me through that. And so I trust that we're going to get through this one too. And I'm so curious to see how you pull it off. Right. It's that reframe, reframing of what serves you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Look for the Fool for Hope t-shirt on the Journey to Wholeness website <laughs> in our apparel section because I'm straight up making that t-shirt. Yes. A Fool for Hope. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's fantastic. So I like Becky, that. I wanted to ask you like, Let's say there's people listening that don't have a circle of people that they could go to, that their circle of people are all the crabby old ants. They're like, yeah. that'll never work. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, 
what are the resources? Like, where can they start looking? I absolutely would encourage you to find a local church. I'm mm-hmm. um, just walking in on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. Walk in and you're going to find people who already are risking their lives on hope, <laughs> who have an inkling or a belief that this is the direction they should go in. And just being around those people, even if you don't talk to anyone at all, is going to fuel you and help you to start hoping. Um, the second place that you can look is uh, on our website, j2wholeness.org. We have groups starting all the time where there are people who want to help you get to the root of these things and help change the trajectory of your life to help you you get the tools so that you're in control, so that you're knowledgeable about your journey and your path. And, and then you have the ability to go the direction that you want to go in. And so Journey to Wholeness, uh, j2wholeness.org has all kinds of resources uh, free on there, but also group starting, online options, intensives. Gosh, it goes on and on. You can also find a coach, right? You can find a, you like, I mean, yes, yes, know, a coach definitely. like Tiffany. That's right. And so, and her, her website is infinitehealing247.com. Holy crap, that's a long thing. <laughs> you can I also don't... find her on our website, j2wholeness.org, right. <laughs> under the 101 coaching. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, so, hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast or felt that you got something out of it, we'd love it if you would rate or review this podcast. We'd love it even more if you shared it on social media with your friends and say, you guys got to listen to this podcast. It's fantastic. And so all those things help us to reach more and more people. The more we're rated and reviewed and subscribed to and shared, the more people will find out about it. And we think that this is content that's worth sharing. And so thanks for joining us today. Tiff, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Pastor Becky, thanks as always. I like Night Becky. She's funny. She like <laughs> bangs. I don't know if you guys heard. She hit that mic stand 28 times during this. I'm out of control. Boing, <laughs> boing, boing. Anyway, we loved having you. We'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>